Well, you better know your limits. If the athletic guy, muscle-bound bodybuilder isn't going to make it, chances are you're not either. You know, so much of life is filled with limits, and uh, we need to know uh, what our limits are. We'll get to that in just a second. But uh, several weeks ago, we started this series. Pastor Steve uh, started this series on a a life well-led with this statement. Leadership implies movement with intentionality to an intentional destination. That's kind of where we all began. And You can lead, but if you have no intentionality, you're just taking a walk. And if you don't know where you're going... You're not a good leader. And so you have to have a destination in your mind, and you have to have an intentionality to get to that destination uh, in the, 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 the best possible way. You're going to have mistakes along the way, and uh, those are some of the things that we talked about. We, we asked several questions throughout this series, so I just want to kind of walk back through those. You know, sometimes uh, the only uh, piece of uh, leadership that you need to do is just be present. You know, where am I needed? Well, that's where you're needed. Be present, and, and some, so many times, God just wants you to be present so he can have you step out uh, what he desires in your life, and you know, just show up. Uh, many times is all that's necessary to be uh, a leader, just to be present. Uh, and then we, we looked at the, the, the fact that, uh, asked the question, can God change my story? And throughout my career, throughout my experience, I have seen over and over and over again uh, God changing people's story. I just feel so blessed uh, to watch and experience that myself and, and understand that God can change your story. No matter, no matter what's in your past, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, God has a better story in, in, in front of you. And so, yes, God can change your story. And uh, uh, Pastor Alex uh, brought a message about uh, how do I stay focused? Look, a squirrel. Oh, look, another one. You know, and, and so many of us are, uh, we, we label it all kinds. Of, so many of us just can't stay focused, and, and so uh, we address that. How do we stay focused as a leader? How do I lead through my insecurities? Is there hope in a hopeless situation? Uh, can I serve and lead? Well, Jesus said those who are first should be last, and those who are last should be first. Uh, so I think servanthood is key in leading. And then last week, uh, Pastor Steve Ask this question, how do I hate the cause as much as the effect? I keep doing what I shouldn't do and fail to do what I need to do. And I, I honestly think that the, uh, the cafeteria staff at camp actually was watching that message. Uh, and so uh, they, they were listening because uh, they definitely didn't have any seconds. <laughs> and they barely had any firsts. And so, so many of us look better than we should because we starved to death. But they, 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 were our, they were our conscience throughout the week. There was no seconds, and most of us had very few firsts. Um, and so uh, we joke about that, but kind of serious, too. Uh, how, many, how many of you went home and had a big steak? Like, I mean, I, there wasn't enough food on these plates for the kids, let alone an adult. And most of our kids are bigger than the adults, so, you know, th- I don't know. But today we're going to talk about limits in leadership. Limits in leadership. Here, here's the reality. We all have limits. There's always somebody going to be more athletic than you. Always. There's always going to be somebody better, faster, wiser, wealthier, more talented, more beautiful, more handsome except for me. Um, better <laughs> ideas, more athletic. But at the end, when we lead within our limits, we are better together. Let me say that again. When we lead within our limits we are better together 
A team who understands this will, will fly because everybody on that team has a different limit. And everybody on that team is better at something. Everybody on that team brings something different to the table. And when we all understand that, that team is a well-oiled machine. Let me just start out with a, uh, I don't know, it's about six weeks ago now. Um, I, so I'm a redneck, just straight up. Um, if you were at Munden Point a few weeks ago, you saw how redneck I really was. We pulled up to Munden. I had never been to Munden Point. We pulled up to Munden Point with a, anybody know what a blue plastic barrel is? 55-gallon drum? I pulled up to Munden Point. I was thinking it was a beach, be a bunch of people around, be, just fit in. No, it's a boat launch, and ain't nobody around but people launching their boats and me. I had, I don't know, 20 plastic barrels, uh, some of them latched together, uh, and we went down there, and we got some looks. But before that, we had a, uh, a meeting at my house. I love to smoke uh, not that stuff, ribs and barbecue. Uh, that's legal in this state, but that's not my thing. Uh, and so I invite people over. I, I know that the way to your heart is through your stomach, and I try to use that the best I can. And, and so I know I have limits. And so I can, I can come up with ideas in my head, uh, and I can usually figure out most of it, but there's pieces that I don't know. And so we were going to make an obstacle course or several different obstacle courses out of these 55-gallon uh, drums. And I knew we were going to have to be able to, to latch them together and take them apart very quickly. I know one knot. That's the one you put on your shoes. And if you, you know how that goes. If you, if you don't get the rabbit just around the tree just right and you pull too tight, you never get that knot out. That's my knot. So a lot of you Navy guys that have different experiences, Boy Scouts and all that stuff, I know you guys know all these knots. You might know knots. So I needed knots that would, would latch together and come apart easily so that we could reconfigure these barrels throughout the day and throughout the week. And so I had all these people over, uh, over the house, and we got started, and we put some of them on these brain things. So I'm not administrative. You figure out the games. I'll figure out the things we're going to do. And uh, so we got that together, and about two and a half hours, we're, we're, these guys are just tying and untying and latching and unlatching, and, and we're just going through all this stuff and, and we're trying to figure out how the best way to do this. And then uh, about two and a half hours into it, there's this one, one I don't know if he's here. Is Aiden in here? Aiden right there. So about two and a half hours into it, Aiden comes walking up and he goes, hey, why don't you guys just use a ratchet strap? <laughs> Mainly because we're stupid? I, I don't know. And so... That set us on a whole different trail, and that's when we went to Munden Point and, and all this other stuff. And, and so I say all that to know that I knew I had limits, and I knew people were in my midst that knew how to tie knots. But sometimes, even within your limits and the people that know the different things, you need somebody on the outside to look at a situation and go, you know what, y'all are doing all that, and that's all great, but here's something simpler. And we need to be good, good enough leaders. We need to be strong enough leaders. We need to be humble enough leaders to look at that person and go, that's right. So you know what we did? <laughs> I think I got 50, 50 ratchet straps. Because <laughs> it's a whole lot easier going to put all them barrels together and take them all apart and resituate all that. That was a great thing, but it really fits into this idea of we all have limits. We need to be humble enough in our leadership to allow other people that can fill those gaps in our limits. And so as we begin today, I want to, uh, you'll notice there's a bunch of scriptures uh, in, in the book of Acts. And uh, from Acts about 11.25 down to almost 16.1, uh, there's this uh, pair of leaders uh, that uh, do this, uh, this dance, if you will. Um, in the early stages, we'll see that it's uh, Barnabas and Saul. 
And then it becomes Saul and Barnabas. And then it becomes Barnabas and Paul. And it's the same guy. Saul and Paul are the same guy. God does something in his life and changes his life. And then it becomes uh, Paul and Barnabas. And, 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 and these two leaders, when you're reading Scripture, the, the first person is the most prominent person. So if you read uh, Barnabas and Saul, then Barnabas is the leader and Saul is the helper. If you read Saul and Barnabas, Saul is the leader and Barnabas is the helper. And, and throughout this entire passage, we're, we're, we can't read the entire passage, but I challenge you to go home and read this and, and begin thinking about why the person that's listening is the leader at that moment because when this is done right this is a beautiful picture of how life should be and when it's done wrong it's where disaster sets in and so uh, uh, well, the first thing we want to recognize in, in uh, just before uh, Acts chapter 11 verse 25 just before that um, uh, well well before that there was a guy named Stephen who was stoned not with that kind of stuff but literally stoned and uh, because somebody came up to me and said that I had to laugh at that one, so now i got to bring it up because it's in my head. That's the squirrel. And uh, <clears throat> so um, Stephen is killed, and uh, when that happens, a bunch of people in Jerusalem are scattered, which is what God told them to do in the first place is go to all the regions and share my, my message, share the fact that I want a relationship with them. Well, uh, part of these people went to a place called Antioch, and in Antioch, uh, when these people got there, these believers got there, they began to share what God was doing in their life. As they began to share what God was doing in their life, other people in Antioch, they were in a hopeless situation. They began to see hope. They began to say, see that they could have a relationship with Jesus. And so there was this big movement in Antioch of people who came to know Jesus. Well, before long, this big movement in Antioch uh, became so big that people started going back to Jerusalem and telling the church at Jerusalem what was going on in Antioch. And, and the church in Jerusalem said, we need to send somebody down there to help them, to encourage them, to push them forward. And it was an easy choice. There was this guy named Barnabas. And Barnabas' name, his name literally means son of encouragement. And so he was living up to his name, and there's a whole lot more involved in that. But he was living up to his name, and so they, they looked at Barnabas and said, hey, we need you to go to Antioch. Because there's a people down there that are coming to know Jesus, and they need to know uh, that they can, they, they can find encouragement, and they can find leadership, and so we want you to go down to Antioch. And so Paul goes, or Barnabas goes down to Antioch, and he spends some time there. Well, as he's spending time there, he realizes there's something missing here. There's a gap. And, and, and here's what I wrote down, and, and I think it's important. Anytime there's a gap between your abilities and what is necessary, you've reached a limit. Anytime there's a gap between your abilities and what is necessary, you're experiencing a limit. And you have to recognize that there are limits in your life, that we all have them. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And so what uh, Barnabas said is, there, is there's a limit in my life. There's a gap between what I need and what I can do. And so I need somebody to fill that gap. And so he went and found a guy named Saul. And he had had an encounter with Saul, both good and bad. And we'll, maybe we'll get to that later on. But he went and found Saul. And in Acts chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, this is what it says. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And so for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Uh, Barnabas is the leader. He's mentioned first, but he understands there's a gap and there's a, an importance, there's an essential nature of having Saul in the midst and on his team. How many of you realize that you can't do this alone? You know, and one of the first steps that you need to realize is the fact that you can't do this alone. We caught a group for that on, on Wednesday nights. Right? The first step in healing is what? To recognize you have a problem. 
And the first step in, in this aspect of leadership is to recognize that you have a limit. And so you need to understand that there are limits in your life and there are others that can fill those, those limits, that can meet those gaps, and you can move forward as a team. You might still be the leader, but there's somebody leading with you. How many, how many, how many husbands? How many, how many know that there's a leader in your home that's not you? I'm serious. I'm joking, but I'm serious. You know, God brought you together to be a team. And when we do this right, it's harmonious. And when we do this wrong, it's disastrous. You know, everybody says happy wife, happy life. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about happy spouse, happy house? Right? Because isn't that the way it should be? It's not about just the wife. It's about the husband, too. And so why don't we use something besides just pointing, pointing the finger at one person? Hey, if we're all in this together, if we're a team, if, they, if we fill the gaps, if we meet the limits and, and take each other beyond that, then we are all better together. Barnabas recognized the gap. This relationship is just beginning. In, in Acts chapter 12, verse 2, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, again, Barnabas is mentioned first in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit. Now, now it's not just people that are recognizing Barnabas as the leader, but now it's God himself through the Holy Spirit. He says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So now, if, if God is going to recognize the gaps, if God is going to recognize the limits, if, if, if we can recognize the limits, if we can fill the limits, let me ask you a question. What are the gaps in your life? What are the, what are the gaps uncovering about the limits in your life, and who are you getting on your team to fill those gaps? Who are you putting in, in place that you're not doing this alone because we were never created for this alone? And so we have to ask those difficult questions. I mean, I'll give you an example. So I was a senior pastor for, uh, or a lead pastor, what do you guys want to call it? I was in charge of a church for a while. Actually started the church, shut the church down, you know, kind of all rest on your shoulders. But I was in charge of a church for a while, and it took me 70 years to realize that I'm just not that creative. I mean, when it came to messages and series, Man, I was always last minute, you know, trying to put stuff together, trying to get it all together. And I just realized, you know, I'm not that creative, and that brings a lot of stress. I mean, if you're, if you're you, know, you, know, you know how often Sunday comes? <laughs> Y'all expect us to hit a home run every week. You know how hard that is? Especially when you're not creative. So like year seven, and I'm not joking, I'm not exaggerating, year seven, I looked at my wife and I said, I can't do this. And she says, I know. I said, I need a team. She said, no. And so I looked out in, in our little group of folks, and I started looking at some creatives. And I just went to them, and I said, hey, look, I can't do this. I, I can't come up with examples. I can't come up with stories. I can't. I need a team of people to help me with this. And if you know me, you know one, one thing about me. I am not administrative. I love y'all people. But I cannot administrate. I can, but it drives me nuts. I'm not administrative. So the, one of the first things that this team said was, why don't we put a calendar together for the entire year? Well, that sounds good. Y'all do it. <laughs> so we sat down, and we began in October the first year. We began in October, uh, and by the end of October, we had the entire next year series laid out. Now, granted, we leave room for God to, to twist and turn as, as life happens, but we, we began to do it. Let me just share with you the stress relief that next year. That when I got to Friday, now I will also be very authentic with you. I put nothing on paper. I put nothing in the computer because I can't write. But I put nothing on paper until Friday. That's just me. 
I work best on Friday and Saturday. But prior to that, I'm running stuff through my head, running stuff through my mind. My daughter and I are pretty much alike, and we talk all the time. And I, and I tell her, I said, you know, Friday is the day I put it on paper. There are some days I don't put it on paper until uh, Saturday. It's not that I don't have it. I just, I just it's got to flow out of me. And so um, I'm just not administrative. But this team that I put together, that we, we all work together, it became the last three years before we shut that place down were the most peaceful years in my life because the stress was gone. Sunday came every week, but I was much more prepared. I was much better. Why? Because we're better together. There's gaps, there's limits in our, in our lives, and when we fill those gaps and those limits with the right people, life is better together. So you've got to recognize the gaps. Uh, then the next part of this is, is you have to recognize your own limits and allow others to fill those gaps. It's not enough just to recognize them. You have to step back and allow somebody else to fill that gap. You, we, we, we say it this way in, in other areas. Work yourself out of a job. Raise up those behind you to take your place. Uh, and what happens is, is Barnabas does this, and Paul steps in the gap. In Acts chapter 13 and verse 9, then Saul, who is also called Paul, and this is where his name is changed, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, looks straight at this guy that was causing problems, and he said to him very boldly, and it doesn't matter what he said, it's just out of the blue. Barnabas had been the leader. Barnabas was doing what, what uh, God had called him to do. He, he went and found Saul, and, and Saul was with him, and they, they were leading. And then one day, out of the blue, something, this guy says something, and Saul steps up to the plate and says, enough. That's, that, we're done with that. And then watch what happens immediately after that. So the Holy Spirit fills him, and then, that's in verse 9, and then in Acts chapter 13, verse 13, it changes, and it goes from Barnabas and Saul to Paul and his companions. Now, you might not think much about that. Who's not mentioned there? Barnabas. Now, how many of you have been lacked in being mentioned somewhere, and you go, hey, wait, 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 wait. Y'all have forgot somebody. What Barnabas did, obviously, is when Paul stepped up, Barnabas stepped back. Barnabas was secure enough in his leadership and in his authority and what he had, God was having him do, that when Paul stepped to the plate, Barnabas stepped back and let him swing. How many of you have ever been to a Little League game? A little boy gets up there, a little girl gets up to the plate, and who's screaming the loudest? Parents, you embarrass us. And when you don't swing the bat just right, what do they do? Like that's going to make it better. Right? We have to be secure enough in our ability to let that other person lead because we have limits and they're filling the gaps. And when we do this, and when we do it correctly, we will be so much better together. together. Um, I'm going to go back to husbands and wives. I'm not administrative. When we got married, Kelly figured that out real quick. You're not administrative. Give me the checkbook. It's all yours. Like good husbands, I give you the checkbook, but I still want to have control. Everybody with me? So, yep, you know. She's, she's, she's got the checkbook. She's doing her thing. She's doing a great job at it. But I don't have control over it no more. So what do I do? Hey, you ain't doing this right. You say that enough times, you know what she does? Here's your checkbook back. <laughs> That's what happened. She gave me that checkbook back. 
So two weeks later, I've won the, the, the span of one pay period in the military. I was like, I have no idea what you're doing. So I had to eat some crow. I had to go apologize. So I'm sorry, sweetie. I don't know what to do. You know what she said? I know. <laughs> I said, here's your checkbook back. She said, and I'll never question you again. I know. So, <laughs> so from then on, you know, but it, you, have to, you have to give them the authority when you, let, when you bring them on the team. It's not enough just to recognize the gap. It's not enough just to bring somebody on the team. You literally have to step back and be secure in what God has called you to do to let them lead. They're going to do it different than you. And that's okay as long as it gets done. They're going to do it different than you, and they're going to make mistakes. And that's okay as long as they correct them. You know, you have to have the ability to fail to move forward. If we didn't do that, we'd have no lights. Just think about that for a while. If we didn't do that, we'd have no lights. But here's the thing. When it's done right, a new leader arises. But the old leader doesn't disappear. From this point on, Paul becomes the spokesman, the front man, while, uh, while they're amongst the Gentiles. Barnabas doesn't disappear. In fact, they worked hand in hand just as Paul took more of the lead. In Acts chapter 13, 40, 40, verse 46, it says this, Then Paul and Barnabas answered boldly. You see, Barnabas doesn't disappear. Paul stepped up and answered, but later on they both step up and answer. They're, they're still leading together. One doesn't disappear. They're still doing this together, and that's how a team works. If you've done this right, then leading becomes a give and take between the leaders. <clears throat> I'm a firm believer in what I'm about to give you a demonstration on. I'm not going to dance up here, but uh, ballroom dancing is an example of so much for life. If you're, having, if you're struggling in your marriage, you go take six weeks of ballroom dancing. Your life will be different. I'm not joking about that. I quit counseling couples when we realized that truth. Kelly and I have not counseled any other couples. We, we'll put you in a small group, and we'll try to get you to ballroom dance. Those are the two things we're going to try to get you to do. Because when you dance, you've got to communicate. When you communicate, all the problems disappear. They just fade the background. Also, ballroom dancing is a picture of a great team. A great team will step in and out of leadership roles. A great team will be flawless in what they're doing. All you're going to see, I mean, okay, I am not promoting this because I think it's the stupidest thing, but uh, I think Stars got too much money, and when we give them more, it's just I, beyond me. But how many of you watch Dancing with the Stars? Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you. But when you watch their practice rounds, especially in the early stages, they're like bumbling idiots. It's like Keystone Cops, the old silent movies. They're just falling all over. And you know the professional just wants to take them by the nap of the neck and the seat of the pants. And... Because it's just, you know, it's just a mess. But as they get together and they get into rhythm, when they get out on the dance floor, it's a beautiful thing. And when you have a team and you're stepping in and out of leadership like you should be, when you're allowing someone to lead in their strengths and they step back and allow you to lead in your strength and you step back and allow somebody else to lead in their strength and they step back, it's a beautiful thing. Nobody else knows. I mean, let me just give you an example of this. This week we went to camp and it has, we got every curveball you could imagine starting on day one before the kids ever got there. So Saturday morning, uh, several of us were going to go up to the camp and we are going to unload the truck and get things set up. We're supposed to be there at 10.30. Kelly and I left about 9 o'clock, give ourselves plenty of time to get there. Glad we did. We get about 10 miles from the house, and her brakes go out on her truck. 
Nothing hurt, nothing. God was just amazing. She was able to slow the car down. We drove it back to the house. I know we shouldn't have, but whatever. I just, just whatever, just leave me alone. We got that car back to the house. I unhooked the, well, before we got there, I unhooked the trailer to take the load off of her, uh, put it on the church truck. And if you know the church truck, that's a whole different thing. Uh, but we get everything back to the house. We get uh, what we need to take her specifically because she's administrative, I'm not. We get everything up to the, to the camp. We're two, almost two hours late. We get there about 12.20. Should have been there at 10.30. Uh, and we start unloading. We get one area unloaded. We go drive over to the other area. And if you know, remember last Saturday, just the skies broke loose. Now understand, I got to take this truck back empty because I got to reload everything because her truck broke down. We got to reload everything, so I don't have time for rain, so I'm just unloading in the rain. I don't care. We get the truck unloaded. We leave. We go uh, back to the house. We get the truck loaded. Now I have to bring the truck back here on Sunday instead of her truck because we need to get four of these speakers and take up there. And I gave Alex a heart attack. I told him I took all eight. And uh, <laughs> it's a long story, but it's funny. Uh, we get all that. Sunday, we get through church, get everything loaded back up. Uh, she, we had to drive out here and get my car. It's just, it was just a mess Saturday. Sunday, we get back up there. We get going again. We get everything else unloaded, get it, start putting things in place. I get hungry. Everybody else gets hungry. We go to dinner. We come back from dinner, and the guy that owns the place is coming across the field to talk to us. I'm thinking, well, this can't be good. So he comes up, and he says, I got bad news. I said, I can't have no more bad news. It's enough. And he said, you guys were off, off uh, property. We were off property. When we came back, the pool house was on fire. Now, have you ever been to camp? Kind of pool's kind of important. It's the one time we can throw everybody in the water and say, shut up, do your own thing. I'm going to go over here and rest. And so we have no pool. You, you know, honestly, you know what I did? I just looked at this guy and said, ain't no problem. I got a great team. And I just stepped back. I sent Sherry a text and said, figure this out. <laughs> you asked Sherry, I texted her, I said, hey, I got two things. Scott came over, pool house on fire. Second thing, you got no pool all week. And uh, by the time she got up there Monday, she had to figure it figured out. Now, if you, I'm not administrative. You know what those kids would have done instead of the pool? They'd have laid outside the fence got no time for that but see I just stepped back and said Sherry figure this out and Sherry Sherry does what Sherry does she's administrative and she she got with Debbie and she got with Micah and they 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 figured out what was necessary but I, I don't need to be in the midst of that that's 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 not my that's my limit Administ I can't do that and so every curveball that we got thrown this week every curveball we got thrown this week we we're able to just step back and let the person that could could lead that lead it and that's what we need to do and it, when you do that right it looks like a Beautiful ballroom dancing. It just is flawless. So sometimes it's not just who we think's in charge that matters. Sometimes it's who you think's in charge that matters. And so we see this in Acts chapter 14 in a town called Lystra. Um, Barnabas and, and uh, Paul had got there. Uh, and just before this, they're listed as Paul and Barnabas, and they get into town, and they're, they're doing some miraculous things God's doing in their life, and uh, these people are uh, believers in gods, and uh, so they've got some flaws in what they believe, don't we all? And they look at these two, and there's something about Barnabas, and they recognize Barnabas as the leader. And they look at Barnabas, and they say, Barnabas is Zeus, and Paul is Hermes. 
can't get over that name. That just cracks me up. I don't know if that's how they pronounce it, but that's how I pronounce it. Hermes. And so if you know anything about the gods, Zeus is the god of gods. And Hermes is a little angel that floats around and tells people what to think. He's the messenger. And, uh, uh, you know, I just, I just picture this in my head. And I, I don't know if that's how they pictured it. I didn't live back then. But that's how I, just the name Hermes. It's not very manly. Zeus. Somebody in here named their kid Odin. Anybody know where Odin comes from? It's a Norse god. You know, it's just powerful. Hermes is not powerful. If, you remember, if you're old enough, you'll remember a song, A Boy Named Sue. His parents hated him. Um, <laughs> But they, the people looked and said, Barnabas is in charge, and this is his messenger. You know, and sometimes we need to be strong enough and bold enough in our leadership to allow the people to, to lead the way in that. Because Paul could have easily said, hey, wait, 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 I'm Zeus, and that's Hermes. And what would have happened? They would have destroyed any, any opportunity to reach these people. But they allowed the people to recognize leaders. Do you know we all bring something different to the table? Steve is going to attract certain people. I'm going to attract certain people. Mike is going to, Pastor Mike is going to attract Pastor Alex. We, we all attract different people. And so we all bring something else to the table. And sometimes just being bold enough in our own leadership to, hey, you know what? It's all good. It's perfectly fine. I don't, I, I don't need the limelight. I'm way past, past this. I, I just... You know what? I just want to love people and love Jesus and, and do whatever he calls me to do in the process. I don't need to be up here every week. You don't want me up here every week. I ain't that smart. Um, Acts chapter 14 and verse 14 to 15. Uh, but when the apostles, and, and here's why I bring all this up. It's not just the people recognized it. I want you to understand that, that uh, Barnabas and Paul recognized what they recognized and they just rode into that line. Uh, and Luke writes this in Acts chapter 14. He says, but when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, Luke knew who was in charge, but Luke just stayed in line with what the people saw. When the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard this, they tore their clothes and rushed into the crowd and shouted, Friends, why are you doing this? Can't get off into all that, but just the simple fact of the leadership piece. Even Luke said, we're going to stay with this theme, Barnabas and Paul. There's a give and take. There's an ebb and flow. We'll continue where effective teams reside. There will always be a give and a take and an ebb and flow where there are effective teams. They get back to Antioch in Acts chapter 14, verse 23, just a few verses later. And it goes back to Paul and Barnabas. They appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting and committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Here's where I want to end up. Limits a lot of times are based on influence. Limits a lot of times are based on influence. There are people in this, in this room right now, you work in a place that I'll never be able to influence anybody, but you can you do a job that there's a trust, there's a, there's a grace, there's a, uh, you know, uh, Marshall's a, a, a numbers guy. He, he's an accountant. I'm so glad, thankful for Marshall. He'll reach people out, because I can't, I can't speak that language. Anybody with me? There, there are others of you that you, you do certain things, and computers. How many of y'all work on computers? Y'all poor people. But you'll speak that language, and I can't speak it. I'll throw that thing across the fence. You know, and, and, but you have a language that your people speak, and, and you have an influence that I don't have. And we as leaders just need to understand that that's, that's part of leadership. And we, there are people that will come up to Pastor Steve because they, they, they have an experience that he has. There's something in their life that he has. There, there's people that come up to me 
because they struggle in areas that I struggle with. There's people that come, the youth will go to Pastor Micah just about without fail. Why? Because there's a connection there. We, we were a little worried when we made a Pastor April a pastor. I'll just be honest. We weren't sure who was going to connect with her. But I'm going to tell you this. I want to tell you this. Pandemic, man, she has proved us we made the right decision. That girl, she's going to slap me, but she's a, she's a people person. Don't let her fool you. A lot of people connect with her because there is something about her that's very infectious and very contagious that people want to be around. I'm telling you, people will connect with Pastor Alex. We're all different. We all have a different influence. And when we do this right, everything will come, come about. Now, why do I say all that? Because when they go back to Jerusalem, it's an interesting thing. When, when you read through this, just, just see who's first and figure out where they're at and why the person is first. So they go back to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15 and verse 12. They're going back for a purpose. Uh, they, they all come together. The whole church is there. The whole assembly became, became silent, and they listened to who? Barnabas and Paul, telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. In verse 25, and so we all agreed to choose some men and send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul. So now when you think about this, the church back in Jerusalem, uh, before, we didn't read this part, but uh, Saul was a Jewish leader who began to persecute Christians, uh, and so he had an experience with God uh, and changed him. So the Jews didn't want anything to do with him. The Christians didn't trust him, and so when he comes back into Jerusalem a long time before this, he comes in and he, he has nobody. The Jews don't want him, the Christians don't want him, and so there's this guy that's looking out in the field, and he goes, you know what? I think God might use that guy. Care to guess who that was? A guy named Barnabas. So Barnabas becomes that, that glue that allows Saul, now Paul, to be in the church and to have an influence. But when they go back to Jerusalem, who do they recognize as the leader? Barnabas. Why? Because they still don't trust him. And you've got people in, that, in your life like that too. They're on your team. They've had some history in their past. you still got some doubts. And, and, and you're going to let them do some stuff. But you know the church of Jerusalem still recognizes Barnabas as the leader and so uh, when they do that, uh, there's influence there. If it wasn't for Barnabas, Saul would have no ministry. And so that influence is still strong back in Jerusalem. Now, here's where I want to end up. When we fail to honor the limits, we hurt others. So think about that, that clip early on. <laughs> You've got no athletic ability. What makes you think you're going to go through that hole? You're going to create a new hole. And when we fail in, in honoring the limits, I'm telling you we're going to hurt other people. Things are not going to be good. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 40. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take a guy named John Mark. John had left them. Mark had left them on a previous journey. And we don't understand why. We don't know all that. But... Uh, Paul didn't think that was wise to take him. Now I want you to ask you a question. Who took Paul in when he was an outsider? A guy named Barnabas. Let me ask you a question. Who's overstepping their limits at this point? 
You see, Barnabas is the son of encouragement. He, he's going to be the guy that's going to constantly give you a second chance. He's going to constantly give you another chance. He's going to constantly come alongside you. He's going to constantly do the things that God has called us to do. Paul's not like that. And so when Barnabas said, hey, we need to take John Mark, my opinion, they should have took John Mark. But Barnabas is a strong enough leader that when Paul says no and makes a big stink about this, and this is what it says, uh, uh, find back my point, um, they, they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. And if I had to guess, I think Barnabas probably said, you know, Paul, you, you go your way, and I'll take John Mark with me. But you, you go on, we'll make the best of this, but I'll take John Mark. Paul leaves, he chooses Silas, committed by the believers in the grace of the Lord. Now, later in his life, Paul is in prison. Everybody has left him. Care to guess who he asked for? This little guy, this young man named John Mark. And I'm going to ask you this, who changed? I think John Mark changed. But I think Paul realized that he had stepped out of his limit and he split the church in half. I'm telling you, when we don't get this right, we will hurt other people. When we realize that we all have limits and we can all step in the gaps and we can all do these other things, that we will be like a ballroom dance. But have you ever seen somebody that tries to lead when they're supposed to be following? It's disastrous. I really think God has called us to fill the gaps of each other. I really think God has called us to lead and to realize that there's pieces in our life that are missing and other people need to fill those gaps. No different than Jesus did when he was here on the earth. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. We know uh, that you loved us enough, uh, even in the garden, when you just had Adam, you said it's not enough. He needs a helper. And so, God, throughout all of Scripture, there is this team concept. There is this idea, this, this presence uh, where we are to have relationships in this world so that it might demonstrate the relationship we have with you in the world to come. And so, Father, I pray today that we might have a life well-led, that we might recognize our limits and allow people in those gaps uh, to meet the needs that we can't. God, we love you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen.